Hello, and welcome to the Amber Live interviews. This is Russell, producer and co-host of Amber Live. We want to remind you to subscribe to us both here and at youtube.com slash amberlive. You don't want to miss a moment of Amber LeMay, the Larry King of drag queens. There's so much more to the show than just the interviews that Amber does each week. We have hundreds of interviews, comedy sketches, songs, and more on YouTube that you can watch anytime. But in the meantime, you can listen to the amazing interviews right here. Now enjoy this episode of Amber Live Interviews. Brian Sims, who I'm going to talk to right now. <laughs> Brian, come on in. <laughs> well, hello there. <laughs> Brian, you, you, you look like you're in a, uh, like, but between two ferns type of Right, like I'm here. in a dentist's office or something now. I'm like awkwardly in my room, but yeah. before I came on, I realized that I had nothing around me. So the plant was to somehow make this look a little bit more homely. Okay. All right, Brian, you've been on the show before. You, uh, as a state representative, one of the few gay state representatives uh, in uh, the uh, Pennsylvania House, and then as a candidate for lieutenant governor. Um, and uh, now you didn't make it that. And uh, what, what do you think? Why, why weren't you uh, nominated for lieutenant governor? Amber, you were bad luck. <laughs> oh, I didn't want to say anything to John you and Taylor. Men. You men. <laughs> John John seems to know already. I didn't want to tell Taylor yet, but uh, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You know, I just didn't win. I um I'm real I ran a fantastic race. Yes, you did. Um, you know, got support from all 50 states uh you know in the country and um um and still didn't win. And so, you know, you you win some and you lose some. I'm I'm lucky enough that I have won five, you know, elections to the House of Representatives in Pennsylvania but I didn't win my statewide race for Lieutenant governor. And so it goes. And, um, but yes, you did. You ran a great campaign. And uh, so you tell us about in Pennsylvania, you could have run for your state rep yeah. position and Lieutenant governor, but you chose not to. I chose not to. Yeah. It's um, it, it sounds a little more complicated than it actually is, but Pennsylvania is one of those states that allows elected officials to run for higher office and run for their own office. And so in the House of Representatives, for example, where I'm from, there were a number of, of my colleagues that ran for higher office, including the guy that, that actually beat me, who all ran for their own seats in the House, which many of them, I'm glad, Malcolm Kenyatta, for example, I'm really, you know, Malcolm's going to be returning to the House of Representatives, which is really important. Yes, he's, um, he's been a guest. He's been a guest. But I knew, I knew, you know, I think I probably knew before I ran for lieutenant governor that I wasn't going to seek a sixth term in the House of Representatives for a lot of reasons. One of them just being that 10 years is enough. But I also have a close friend named Deja Lynn Alvarez who ran for my seat in the House. She didn't win either, but she would have been the first trans Latina ever elected to the House of Representatives anywhere in the United States. And so, you know, it was it was certainly worth the run. She's the first to ever run in Pennsylvania state, uh, for a, a House seat. But um, it was definitely time. So when you were on in the state legislature, you were one of the few people of the um, LGBTQ community, uh, which is amazing for a state that large. Out ones. They what? <laughs> oh, out. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, I uh, action in the cloakroom. <laughs> right. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> it's a big building. Uh, um, when I was elected ten years ago, I was the the first out person ever elected to our our legislature. And I was joined uh, six years later by Malcolm Kenyatta. Uh -huh. And um, next cycle, there will be five out elected officials in the Pennsylvania General Assembly. I feel pretty happy about that. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. How, how many members in the House? 
There are 203 in the House, 50 in the Senate. Wow. Need some more. <laughs> need, need a lot more, you know. And, and Bert, it's funny that you say that. The Williams Institute out of um, out of UCLA, which tracks a lot of the data surrounding LGBTQ people, says that there should be about 21,000 out elected officials in the country based on our demographic. But uh, as John and Taylor know, there's actually only about a thousand of us, just just over a thousand of us. And so anybody that's watching your show that's interested in politics, I hope they'll reach out to all three of us um, because we do, we, we desperately need more out LGBTQ plus people in politics. We bring a lot to these jobs and oftentimes we're, we're among the first people you know, from our communities to serve in these jobs. What, what's so cool about Vermont, as you saw with John and Taylor, is our next congressperson from Vermont, our only congressperson, is going to be an out lesbian. Mm -hmm. Our state treasurer is going to be a gay male, you know, yep. and you're going to get and, so much shit done. And, you know, I, you know, I asked John and Taylor, how many um, members are in the gay caucus? And they'll go, I don't know. They're, they're we're just there. <laughs> so yeah, I was a they, they don't need to count a long time. It, it, it's amazing. So what are you doing now? I know you've been traveling because I watch I, I stalk you on Facebook. So I know you've been yeah. traveling. I've been doing a lot. So um, the election was in May and in June is our budget month where we spend the entire month of June, even weekends sometimes really working on our budget. So I did that up until the end of June. Um, I had an opportunity to do a little bit of traveling. Uh, my my partner lives on the West Coast. And you have so a partner? We, I, I have a boyfriend. I'm, I, I, Amber, he hates you, I'm sure. <laughs> um, and uh, so, you know, he and I got to spend some time together. You know, I'm, I, as as we were talking a little bit beforehand, you know, I, I'm, I'm working out what it is that I'm going to do next. I'm going to stay in equality. I'm going to stay in advocacy. I'm going to try to take some of the lessons that I've learned and, and you know, one of the most gerrymandered legislatures in the country. And I'm going to try to take some of those lessons nationwide, maybe, maybe worldwide. Um, but we'll see. I've got, I've got 45 more days left in session and, and I owe it to my constituents to really focus on that. You're a lawyer. I am. I'm a civil so, rights attorney. So will you rely on that as income or? Um, you know, I, 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 I hope I don't have to. <laughs> um, yes and no. I, that's not probably a lawyer's answer. I, you know, it's it, it, the work that I do. I often find very hard to divorce from the fact that I'm that I'm an attorney, that I'm a barred attorney. And, I, you know, I won't be taking clients in the way that I think attorneys, you know, that most people think of attorneys as doing. But I I will be working with with companies and legislators and communities and, uh, you know, and, and hopefully a lot of elected officials to, to make change and continue to fight for equality at a time, frankly, when we need it more than, than I think many of us thought that we would. I, yeah, I, like I chair the LGBTQ Equality Caucus of our legislature. And Amber, I track 28 pieces of legislation that we need passed. And, you know, some of it is closer to happening than others. And some of it isn't anywhere near happening. But as I look around the country, I, I know that this is you know legislation that the whole country needs. It sounds like being a lobbyist. Is that is that what you'd call yourself? Nope, nope. I'm going to teach lobbyists how to do a better job. You know, when uh, every every one of us has been to a Pride and seen companies' names plastered all over everything at Pride, and those companies, you know, they say they support us publicly. They say they support us at Pride. They say they support us at LGBTQ History Month. But oftentimes when those companies are in capitals and state legislatures advocating for tax breaks and zoning code changes, they oftentimes forget those those policies that are supportive of the LGBTQ communities that they say they support. And so 
I'm going to, I'm going to maybe hold some feet to the fire, maybe inspire some companies to get more active as they advocate, but I'm going to teach lobbyists, I think, how to do a, a job that's more inclusive of LGBTQ people. Oh, that, that is so cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Now, Pennsylvania, what the heck is going on there? All right. All right. <laughs> Right. Uh, we've had John Fetterman on, on the show before he uh, announced, we knew he was going to announce, but we had him on there and uh, oh my gosh, I'm Isn't he incredible. Him. Um, and they're making this big deal about him being able, having to read questions supposed to hear them. I, you know, I don't. Amber, I could be reading questions right now. You know, I, every, every news reporter I've ever seen deliver the news uses a teleprompter. I see people use them all the time. Also, we're a country that can be accommodating of of disabilities, whether permanent or short term, and you know, we're supposed to be. It's a part of our value system, I think. And I'm actually really excited that 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 I believe the Senate's going to have somebody like John Fetterman, who is different from so many other senators in so many other ways. And you know, this is just going to be another way that I think that he he adds to the sort of fabric of the U.S. Senate. So, are you worried that? Uh... This is going to be a detriment. Um, what no. what what are you, what are the chances of being elected? No, I, I so right now he's polling in the lead. You know, yeah. of course, Pennsylvanians are all very familiar now with Dr. Oz, our our neighbor from New Jersey, who's running here in Pennsylvania. Um, you know, this is a, a guy who kills puppies, who drinks his own urine, and owns <laughs> ten homes around around the world, and none of them are in Pennsylvania. And, um, you know, it's frustrating to no end to see so many Republicans support him in this state because I know that he's not reflective of their values as they say their values are, but they're willing to set aside everything they care about because they want the control that a Dr. Oz would give them. And, and I think, frankly, I think Pennsylvania's voters see right through it. And I think that's why, why John Fetterman, I think, is, is polling really well because he's, you know, he's. He's the only candidate for this race that has shown up in every single county of Pennsylvania time and time again. And he does. He goes to those places up in Erie and places that are totally red. Yep. And, and he talks to them. And they they really appreciate that he shows up. People understand politics when they can hear from the people that are that are, you know, that are our politicians. And I, I see that every single day. And what 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 John Fetterman's able to do is really connect with Pennsylvanians in a way that I've never seen another elected official in this state do. It's fascinating because, uh, the, and there, plus there's a lot of closeted Democrats or left-leaning people in those places that need encouragement to get out there and voice their opinion, put that yard sign out there and tell their neighbors that, uh, yeah, this is what I believe in. Yeah, you know, Pennsylvania. To your point, Amber, Pennsylvania is a very rural state. I no. I love Philadelphia. I love Pittsburgh. Um, you know, proud of our big cities. But Pennsylvania is a very rural state, and rural Democrats are the most powerful voters in our state. More often than not, they can control so much of what happens in our elections, and it's it's why a John Fetterman is so important because he not only appeals to rural Democrats, they see themselves in him because he's he's out and about throughout the Commonwealth in a way that Dr. Oz just. You know, he has to cross the state border if he wants to travel around Pennsylvania. Do, do you have your plate of crudite there to us? <laughs> not Sean. Like just, just the carrots. Just the carrots. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Brian, for talking. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Amber Live Interviews. Remember to subscribe to us so you don't miss a single minute of the fun. And remember, it is your support that keeps us going. You can make a donation through this podcast by using our Venmo at RJD Pro or by visiting us at amberlive.tv.
and clicking on the Support Amber Live button. Thank you.